here. You there? Let me see. On the On the, on the bottom of on the bottom of your uh, screen, there should be a video icon. Can you hear me? I can hear you, man. All right. What's up, my brother? You still can't see me yet. No, on the, on the bottom there should be a video, like a little camera. Click the camera. Oh, turn, turn All right. The camera on. I see. It. All right. All right. <laughs> What's How up, you doing, man? man? You're doing good. I'm good, my brother. How about yourself? Man, I, I man, I appreciate you you doing this, man. I appreciate I appreciate you setting up the time. I know I know I know uh, your schedule's been really really busy. Uh, you're getting your grind back. I see it. Uh, but I kind of wanted to to uh, hook up with you so you can share your story, uh, share some of the, the the things that you've been through, and uh, and so let's get started really quick. You ready? I'm ready, my brother. All right. What to do? Hold on, hold on, hold on, man. Give, 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 give me a formal invitation. Well, I mean, you know, what? Give me a, your, your little. All right, man. all right. So, 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 the the show is is massive action. Uh, ma ma massive action is is really about uh, me uh, hooking up with other business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, people mm -hmm. that that have overcome like some obstacles because maybe they didn't have the education, maybe they didn't have the guidance. Uh, maybe they just had that negative environment growing up. Right. They managed to overcome all that. And, uh, you know, nowadays with social media, uh, a lot of young people are influenced by what they see. And, right. and, and they, they, they don't know that, hey, you know what, there's another, there's another side of information. There, there, there's people that actually accomplish these things. Every, you know, what you see on social media, most of the stuff is not real. Right, you know, right. and, and so that, that that stuff don't come overnight. And so what I like to do is I like to just, you know, you know, I like to to kind of get into the mindset. I want to know, you know, how you had to change your mindset based on your situation because, uh, I mean, just reading reading some of your your your, your history, and I'll let you share some of that. But man, you you've you've been hustling for a long time. Like, yeah, like, like you've been hustling for a long time and, uh, and, and, and I think what it is right now is it's called a uh, compound effect. Like you, you put in so much years of work, like it, it now you, that, that momentum you created, like you can't stop that. Like, right, right. Like, like the moment you pick up a microphone, like it just blows up because you already have that momentum that, that you've built over 10, 15 years that mm -hmm. these young guys don't see that, you know. I got y'all all the way, yeah. my brother. So, Dr. how do you pronounce your name? And what is, how you say it? Stan, Stan Medina, Stan. Stan Medina. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when, when, Rocky, when Rocky, shout out to Rocky, she's my brand manager. Hey, man. And my, and my, that's, my, that's my business partner. Um, uh, we're going we gonna to get on Lavish ass. Lavish does concert booking. Okay. So, Rocky, Rocky runs the label stuff, and uh, I don't know why I sent you to Lavish first instead of Rocky, because the scheduling has been so hectic. But uh, appreciate you staying. I'm here, man. And shout out to yeah. Rocky because you know it is what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, shout out to Rocky because she right now, she, right now she's doing the the homeschooling with her boys. You know, and, and so so she has the 11, 15 year old, nine year old. So she's yeah. she's she, she's going through it, and she and she's working. So big shout out to her. Uh, so check it out. So I want to start off by by uh, saying, you know what, you know, and, and and I and I apologize, but for all these years, I I thought ESG was a group. A lot of people did. A lot you know of what I mean? And uh, and so, you know, you you grew you grew up from Louisiana. You mm -hmm. came you came out with Ocean of Funk, but that's when you got to Houston. Right. Whenever whenever you created that. 
did your ideas come from Louisiana or they came from Houston? They came from both. You okay. Know what I'm saying? My um um I hate to compare using the analogy, but here's an here's here's a comparison. Mm. Okay, you see how a lot of people when you see Jay-Z, right? Mm. He has Emery, there's Tata, there's all these people around him that was from his past that rode with him, right? And so when I created Ocean of Funk, man, my homie, my um, I would call him my OG, but he's older than me. My homie Nick, his name was Nicky, Nicky Schultz. Um, we met in Lafayette in, in uh in college. I attended USL. I majored in communications. I thought, you know, I was I've been rapping since I was twelve, man. Mm. And uh, I thought that you know majoring in communication would help me get into you know get my music out there more some kind mm. of way. I was just trying to chase my dreams. Growing up as a kid, I used to go to record store, right? And uh. From 12 years old to 13 year old on up, I would buy these singles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it might, it might be a public enemy single. Uh, I remember the first time when I seen the album cover with all them on there, that's how, you know, the public enemy. I, I would just go, I was a fan of hip hop. Uh, you know, LL Cool J, Run DMC, everybody, you know, something. I'm talking mm-hmm. about all the way to the days from a fucking Schoolie B, bro. I'm talking about fucking Skylar Rock. The list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. There's so many different people. I was a hip hop fanatic as a kid, right? And on the back of these records, I would always see New York or L.A., you know, I, mm. shit like that. And and I never forget, um, like around my senior year, one of my homies, uh, my cousin, he was, he was, he was, you know, fuck with this nigga from Houston, and um, and the nigga had a drop top cup in. He was playing Ballhead Hoes by Ghetto Boy, Willie D. Ballhead Hoes. I was like, man, what is that? I ain't heard, you know, I ain't heard some shit, but I ain't heard nobody talking that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Not on wax. You know mm. what I'm saying? Man, said, listen, these niggas was going on. So he was like, man, that's the ghetto boys. They from Houston. So, damn, I, I, I went to USL, which is in Lafayette. You know, I um, I started going to all the parties. As soon as I got there, I got a DJ gig just trying to get on the mic and run shit. You <laughs> feel me? Um, there was a dude, DJ from New Orleans, that would give me the mic. I had one cousin from L.A. His name is Tory. He stayed in Carson. And uh, he was a producer. He was influenced by DJ Quick, so many different people. You know, and he used to come down and we was kids and bring me all these beats because he had a beat machine, right? Mm-hmm. He had a West Coast influence. My other cousin, Dre, which is Kelton, uh, he called himself Dr. Dre, which he did steal the name from Dr. Dre. So I can't <laughs> say that. He got the name back when Dr. Dre was Dr. Dre, 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 Dre. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. I went, to, I went to all the fucking, uh, I would go to all the, like, the skate parties with him mm-hmm. as a little kid and carry the records in there. So those are two main influences. My other cousin, uh, his name was Wiz, and he had a, uh, Edwin. Edwin lived in Brooklyn. So Edwin would come down for the summertime with all these WBLS tapes and, and mixtapes from New York, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So fucking every summer at my grandma's house, I'm the fucking, I'm getting, I'm getting, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting mm-hmm. the every cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got fucking, I got one cousin from uh, LA. I got my other cousin from New York. Then I got my own cousin right here from Louisiana. So I got this whole gumbo. This is my mix of my music. Yeah. That's how when I got to H-Town, chasing my dream, I dropped Ocean of Funk. That's why it's so West Coast influenced. Mm. Not your typical slab music like people here talk about. But I put the cars in it because all my OGs was riding on swangles and shit. Mm. You know I had the candy paint. But nobody had, you know, you had Ghetto Boys, you had UGK, you had fucking A-Ball and MJG. You had other people before me, you know, like if you think about rap a lot at the time, and like they was more like trench coats, kick the dough in. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Coast had they style. Me, young nigga on the South Side, fresh out of high school, yeah. busting and trapping. We in the trap house on the South Side at H Town. We wore guest jeans, 95 Air Max, and wore our fades real high, which was the South Side fades. Mm. We all had diamonds and got gold with diamonds in them. Yeah. So that was our style. So that's what the ocean influence, ocean of funk influence was. My OGs and the people around me riding the candy paint. My big homie, he had a drop top colors with the eighty fours. My other big mm. homie had a drop top L dog, which I used on the album cover. And my homie used to always be like, "Man, you talking all that gangster shit? Make some shit about the cars." Yeah. I said, "You know what?" He said, "Man, talk about all that shit, man. The candy paint, the elbows and bows, the swangles, everything we do." And I described that. That's what Ocean of Funk, that's what Swing and Bang mm. came from. G Ride, all this shit. That's kind of my. I see what you say, yeah. And, and 
and and I think one one thing that that one thing about you is like you had like a like a, a unique kind of it, it it wasn't it was like a it was like this uh, this this kind of like a high like a high I wouldn't say like a high pitch but it was like this like the the the, 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 the huh it was high pitch yeah 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 and, and and that that that's what set it off because it was like it was like all right like it it was just a whole different it was just a whole different it was a whole different thing and and man. I, I did I just remember like the 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 first song I heard from you was um swinging and banging. You did a show here in Corpus Christi. I think I met yeah. y'all it was it was downtown at, at like some oh, yeah. old right. Shout out Corpus Christi, man. <laughs> and uh and then after that was uh the one with the 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 realist rhythm, right? Yeah, rhythm rhyming. Yeah, rhythm rhyming. I don't know why the fuck I, I named that song that. I name I name songs differently, I, but I name I don't know why I named it really rhyming, but then the streets people called it by the call by the house. So yeah, uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I still just named it by so, the call by the house. Uh, so I want to ask you this, like, uh, t- tell me tell me the mindset that goes into like writing a rap, because like, I mean I I don't know like in the rap industry, do do they like talk about like um, you know. Um, Law of attraction and like you know, vi- like you know what I'm saying, like that kind of talk See, or no? I mean, no, nah, not really. But but it's like this. Um, with me, goes goes into creating music. Music to me is spiritual, and music mm-hmm. to me is based on emotions and based on what I'm going through and what I see and how I live. I don't I don't just say like, okay, um, this is a hot thing that's going on, so I make a song about that. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Whatever mood the beat send me in or mood I'm in when I hear the beat, it's kind of direction that I'm going to go. You know, some producers may, may name their beats, you know. That's why I never got into production. I love to let a producer be a producer. I let the engineer be the engineer. I just want to be the artist and create and help others create. That's my shit. So, um, for example, the beat might be called Southside Still Holding. If the beat is called Southside Still Holding, my mind and me, I'm just, you know, I may try to go with that if I like the title of it. Mm. If I don't, I go with something different. The reason I went with By the Car, By the House, which is really rhyming, for example, the way the beat was, the rhymes, cadence that I was using, I was just laughing and freestyling. I remember riding, I had a little flip with me. He was, you know, so at the time, we riding around in the hood. And I'm like, I'm, I'm still like, buy the car. Shit, nigga, I'm going to buy the house. <laughs> if I fuck the wife, fuck the spouse, I'm going to die. So that was the rhyme cadence. Yeah. So that's how I came up with that. You know what I'm saying? Swinging the banger. Uh, Sean Solo, I told you about the like the Chuck D shit. That's yeah. Chuck D. Like I, and Sean Solo had the beat, and it just took me in that way. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Um, that's kind of how I do without my creativity. So, a lot of times people will create good songs with a team around them, right? So you mm. have one dude, you might have a producer, but you got another homie who he might just sell dope. Mm. Another another person may be a pimp, a player who gets all the girls. Another dude might not do shit. Mm-hmm. But he's in tune and know what's going on in the hood. So you, these are your creative, your creative, mm-hmm. you know, your creative vibe. When y'all sitting in the studio, y'all rocking. You, you getting off of him and getting off of him. Mm-hmm. Now, when a nigga, a nigga might make it to a certain plateau, and he stopped fucking with all these people. Now he's using the A and R in L.A. or New York. Who knows nothing about, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So now the music is not the same, and the fans don't understand it. The fans mm-hmm. are just gonna say some shit like, "Man, he ain't jamming no more." I like the old this dude. I like the old that guy. Because yeah. the elements that he was getting that creativity from is not around him no more. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like it's like a double-edged sword because you, you kind of need that you kind of need that environment because it puts you in that creative state, but yet at the same time, it, it's not it, I mean it's 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 you're 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 playing with fire, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it, 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 like you say, but you know, I, I I stay in tune with what I am and who I am. Yeah, no that's true. What, like so, you, you won't know if I got five million dollars or five dollars. You can never yeah. tell the difference. You yeah. know, I used to live different. I used to show everything. I don't show shit no more. Mm-hmm. That's just how I live. You know what I'm saying? Just living up. It's peaceful, more peaceful this way. I used to get pulled over every time going to my big ass house in the suburb, the candy paint, 24. You ride mm-hmm. on all this shit. I would always get pulled over. So I started just being a little more low key with shit like mm-hmm. that, right? And life is so much better, but I'm still in tune with everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So that's how I get to be successful with the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
uh, you said you, you were in college for communication. Is that like, 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 uh, communication as far as like, communication. Uh, huh? Mass communication. Okay. Okay. Journalism. I was going to, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I just went into the shit cause I was a good ass speaker rapping and talking. Yeah. So I, you know, I, it, it's, it's not like I was going to be a TV anchor, yeah. but I was around people that did it. You feel what I'm saying? So mm. in college, that's just what I majored in. That was the only thing that I felt like, you know, that yeah. fit what I was doing at the time and shit. But I was a great athlete, so I used to play basketball and football. Oh, so nice. Like, yeah, I went to North Carolina to the Tar Heels for a little while. And, like, mm. I went there for, like, scouts. I, I was one of the best basketball players in the state of Louisiana. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, my uncles was all gangsters. Yeah. And so I was, uh, you know, I had the best of both worlds. I could shoot yeah. basketball, I'll shoot you in the face. Pow! Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, hey, let me ask you. So, whenever you got in Houston, what was was there like describe like the music industry in that time because it seems like during that time uh that there wasn't really like uh any kind of blueprint or nobody i guess there wasn't no I, was there mentors like did y'all have mentors like and that's the thing i i oh so i would tell people this all the time Mm. A lot of new artists feel like they're entitled to so much shit just because mm. they might have a song, right? Yeah. So you get a song on the radio and they automatically feel like they should get paid the same show prices as you. Um, and I tell them, and they always like, my the OGs don't show me shit. Or the big homies don't do this for me. Mm. Scarface, you know, Pimp C, UGK, all these that type of artists, they was my, uh, you know, those were the ones that was before me, right? Mm. So all of them embraced me with open arms, but they didn't hold my fucking hand. You know, yeah. me and Bun and Pimp, we all was cool. Scarface, he's on my new album. Bun on the new album, too. Pimp C's on my new album. All of them on my new album. But, like, these was my homies, but it was a relationship because we was in the music, the same as with DJ yeah. Screw. All these different people, our relationship was just a homie relationship. A lot of times, these new artists make the relationship with that artist based on uh, hidden agenda that I'm going to get to be famous from hanging with this mm, nigga. I'm gonna get this. Yeah. But it wasn't like that with us. The yeah. game is just gonna come from being around them. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. I never did. I went, I'm in college is when I meet Pimp C and them. I'm at a club in Lafayette, and the dude is like, hey man, they got a group that's performing called UGK. I'm like, mm. man, I heard them niggas. I've been jamming their shit. Yeah. Like, well, they outside the limo. I go outside to the limo, Pimp C is like, this is exact words. So, little nigga, you want to be a rapper? <laughs> that I'm like, who this nigga talking to? That's how he, you know, yeah. I got it now. Pistol, like an ounce of regular marijuana. We sat there, we chopped it up, you know, and it was just a good vibe. We yeah. lay on, we chained on, we became friends. Same as Scarface, man, fam. I used to take R.I.P. to Fat Pat and Big Hawk, but I used to tell Big Hawk and I'm like, hey, you can get paid from doing music. Like yeah. they thought it was just for fun. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. We was really chasing our dreams, you know what I'm saying? And I was looking up to the Tony Drakers and the Lil Jays and these kind of people to try to learn and see what they do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, so w w I, I know I heard a story when you, whenever you met uh, uh, DJ Screw for the first time, uh, you went to his house. Right. What, what would you describe? How would you describe him? How would you describe when he like? Is he like just full creative guy? Like, our yeah. our business? No, no. When I met him, it was just like he in his own world, his own zone. You mm. feel me? So a lot of people just always think like. What's the difference in SUC and Swiss House, for yeah. example? At SUC, if I go there with my homies, right, mm. and we go to Screw House to make a tape, the Botany Boys, which are they legendary down here, they took me to Screw House for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, but my other homies was the ones that was banging Screw, right? But I went there with them to make a tape. Mm -hmm. So if I go there with these particular guys, and there's another group of guys over here making a tape, we may speak, but we're not going to really interact mm. because we from different hoods, from different blocks, different sets. There's all kind of different shit going on. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? And and then me being originally from Louisiana, so my ties is kind of different. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, so that's why going to Screw House, it was kind of like business, like mm. on a schedule. You feel me? Mm. Once you got real close to him and like we got close, you were able to just sit around and chill. But if you're making your tape, say it's, you know, Stan, Stan is coming at eight, mm. eight o'clock to make his tape. When Stan comes at eight o'clock, 
if he over long, you know, you, it takes you to 2, 3 a.m. in the morning to make your tape. Mm. And there's somebody else that showed up that want to make a tape. These niggas can't come in here and just cheer while you making your tape. Mm. That's almost like a graffiti yeah. artist painting on another graffiti artist person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like, you, you, y'all come back and make your own tape. We make our own tape, mm -hmm. so screw kind of kept it like that, which is real. It was just like business, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, mm -hmm. we got real close, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, at first, and um, I didn't know, like, he almost cried because he didn't even he had never heard his name on wax mm -hmm. on the radio. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, you know what I'm saying? Because I put his name in the song before I ever went over there and met him, yeah, because we was already jamming. Yeah, so then we got real close. Do, do you think that, um like maybe he like he turned to music for like an outlet because because he, he never rapped right like he never, no he, he know how to rap though oh yeah but he never like did like a whole out like no he was working on that he actually knew how to rap. he he knew how to rap you yeah. know what I'm saying he like groups and shit yeah. him, he knew how to rap shout out to Al D I just that's 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 like screw screw like like screw screw's brother but not blood brother but uh um. I remember the first thing I heard was them. They had a project. I did was a song with somebody, but like he was, screw was like a real, yeah, like a jam after J. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's know, what I mean. DJ Jazz, yeah. yeah, feel me? He was a, a that type of DJ. He yeah. wasn't a, like a DJ nowadays that just DJ at a club or some shit. Yeah, he was a hip hop DJ, a nigga that would, if he had if he had one main rapper, he would be a DJ that would go around. That's why screw wanted to just throw mm. one. People don't know that. You feel me? Yeah. Man, screw you have DJ battles. He take his shirt off, take go behind the back. You know, we do all that shit. Yeah. You feel me? Saying? He was a real hip hop student. Yeah. Like he really, that's what we we really love music. And screw, screw, um, that's the kind of person he was. He know how to rap though. He know how to yeah. freestyle. He just did though. You know. You know, uh it's it's pretty interesting. Like if you if you if you kind of read about like how his work his work ethic, like this guy like didn't leave the studio, it seemed like why would you if the studio yeah. in your house? <laughs> People don't understand that. Yeah. If you're paying, if you're paying one hundred fifty dollars an hour for a studio, you're not gonna be in there all day. Yeah. But if the fucking studio is your other bedroom, yeah, your deal, shit, nigga, I'm not going nowhere. Everybody yeah. gonna bring everything I want to the house. Yeah. I got my girl in the other room. We make the food run, and we cook here. We got food. Yeah. You know, we got everything else we need right here. Why go somewhere? So the work, yeah. you know. I got a meme that I'm gonna post. It's like some people work forty hours a week, some people work a hundred hours a week, yeah. some people work two hundred. You know how you work always. Oh, it's, it's not enough hours in the week. The type yeah. of shit the work we put in. Yeah. That way, we gonna always be ahead of somebody else. Yeah. I'm gonna get more done. I'm gonna get more done in six months. The shit I get done in six months is gonna take you a year, a year and yeah. a half to do. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Who who introduced you to that work? Like to that style of working? Like. Because that, I mean, I, I work Monday through Sunday as well. And some people like want to work Monday through Friday, take the weekend off. Like, who introduced you to that and said, hey, you know what? If you really want to make it, you, like, work doesn't stop. See, um, I've always, I, my mama, you feel oh, me? Yeah. Even on the weekends and shit, I had to get up, you had to get up early five, I mean, 8 a.m. in motherfucking yard. And I used to be mad as hell. I'm like, it's a Saturday, you feel me? Mm -hmm. Every summer, even though school is out, I had I had to work. You feel me? I had mm -hmm. a job. So Monday through Monday through Saturday, I'm working. Sunday, I had to get up and go to church. So it was like that. That just shit was just embedded in me. So mm -hmm. when I got when I got into the game, and, and, and um, you know, when I had my son, my son is 19 now. Mm -hmm. But when I had my son, uh, I would I would I would Monday through Friday do all my music. Weekends do shows. He might play. Mm -hmm. He plays sports on the weekend. So no matter where I did a concert at that Friday, I would drive back so mm -hmm. I could take him to his game and share the mornings, right? Yeah. So I was trying to juggle the career thing and being a dad. Yeah. So when I was doing that, life was great at home, but career it slowed down a little, mm. right? Once he got older and I didn't have to worry about so much shit with him, his mom would do it. My career took back off. Mm. So now I'm I'm able I was able to like shit. I don't have to worry about nothing else. I just put work in. Yeah. And I went back to my old mode. And that's why two years ago I won Song of the Year with Southside Still Hope, mm -hmm. which is almost a 25 million streams. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um um because that's what life is all about, man. 
You feel me? If you work and doing something that you like, love, mm-hmm. it's not work. Yeah. I, I, at what point in your career did you say, you know what, like, you know, because like you went from, from college, you went to Houston and you just got in the rap game, uh, mixtape shows like nonstop. When did, when did y'all say, you know what, we got to figure out like what our business plan is going to be? Because like, it seems like, I mean, even, even in, in, in my area too, like, uh, I think that's a, that's a key element that's, that's missing down here is that business side of it. Like, and it seems like it's kind of hard to find the mentors or the people that you can trust to, to get that guidance with. See, I got it from not, I got it from fucking with people I couldn't trust. Yeah. You feel me? So, you know, my story is so, oh man, that's millions of dollars that I didn't get because I was mm-hmm. locked up when I came home. So many rec- independent sales that I had and, 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 and my, you know, the CEOs fucked off all the money. Mm-hmm. The Rolex, the drop top business, Versace pants, they had Versace jeans, Versace everything. Spending $2,000 on the outfit, $3,000 outfit on the music money. So I come home and I didn't know the business when I was doing it. I knew the business, but I was young, so I wasn't paying attention to shit. So, you know, I got, you had to get, you know, I hate to say this, you kind of like, you had to go through that to learn the business. Mm-hmm. So, bam, 2000s hit. Now, in the early 2000s, I know the business. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I teamed up with the Slim Thugs and we dropped our own projects. And I started seeing the motherfucking, you know, I started seeing all the kind of money that I was supposed to see, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and, and got in, into all these different businesses and shit kept going. But that was still part of the business that I didn't know. Yeah. So about five or six years ago was when I really, really, really kind of had the business down. Mm. And then as, as a slowly transition to the streaming and everything, I was already prepared and knew what I was doing. So now, like, you know, I, I get monetized. All my shit is monetized no matter what it is. So people don't really understand that, you know, because a, a lot of a lot of artists be thinking, like, what's well, shit, if there ain't no concerts, you can't eat. Yeah. That's because you don't know the business. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I put all this work in for all those years to set myself up the right way. So now I get monetized for everything. Yeah. So all my old songs, all my new shit, it, you know, it's working. So I kind of yeah. know the business. Yeah. But I had to I had to go through the, the struggles to learn the business. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people want to jump to 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 to, uh, to see without going to A and B. Yeah. Yeah. They want to know what they're doing this game and think you can just tell them. Yeah. You can't. I can't just fucking tell you what to do. I can tell you, but you still need hands-on experience to be great at what the fuck you're doing. Because yeah. if you worry about the business before the music, right? So, say for example, you come in this game and your first thing is about business. Yeah, you're worried about how I'm gonna eat off this music. You're gonna be missing that other part of the passion. Mm. Yeah, the creativity but part you know, of it. Yeah. So niggas so quick nine days be like. They fuck off something good at the beginning. Niggas mm. be like, shit, how, how much my person I'm gonna get? How much percentage I'm gonna get? Mm. You ain't even winning wrestling yet. Yeah. You, ain't did that. you feel me? Yeah. And they so caught up and blinded by what's in social me- on social media and what's in the rap game. Cause they see the little babies and you see these people with all these jewelry on and shit. Yeah. So that's the automatically first thing that they think is, well shit, I'm gonna be balling like them. Yeah. You know, they don't understand these artists. They don't know Travis Scott was on the road five years and wasn't nobody fucking yeah. him. Yeah. They didn't see all those shows. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. They just see this track. They didn't see the other track. You feel yeah. They didn't see Eminem get the bottles thrown at him when I was at the club. Yeah. They didn't see that shit. Mm. You know, this folk, this folk staying and all this shit come out. Eminem is in there trying to really rock. Niggas throwing bottles at him like, boo, get this bullshit out of here. Yeah. They, just, they just see the big ball in Eminem. So, a lot of the new artists, they don't see that struggle and see that shit. And when they don't yeah. see it, they don't appreciate it. That's why SUC and so many different artists, like if you take artists in the Midwest, like a Tech Nine, you feel yeah. me? You take artists on the West Coast, like an E40. You take artists like a Currency in New Orleans. Mm. These artists know that they are big and stronger than radio. Mm. When I, when you know you're big and stronger than radio, you're no longer a puppet and no longer have to be sitting around and waiting for your career to pop if it's on radio. Mm. I used to be like them like 10 years ago. I used to be one like, damn. When the radio playing Wayne Wayne shit, they ain't playing my shit like they're playing Wayne and Drake mm. shit. What the fuck? Let me go up here and talk to the lady. She's like, well, well 
fucking Universal and Atlantic, all these people doing these buying spots and doing all this mm. shit. So you're not going to get the look that these people are getting. Yeah. Once I realized that I had the power, my boss was more powerful than they else because I got three, 400,000 niggas in these streets that really listen yeah. to me and with me. I stopped concentrating on them and concentrate on my fan base. Mm. So the same people we went out to and touched hands with, I, I signed their autographs when their kids was in middle school. Now their kids are graduating. These same people love me to fucking death. <laughs> they gonna they gonna buy my music, you know, you know, fucking like yeah. they buy my shit, they buy my merchandise because yeah. it's authentic and it's real. Nowadays, when the artists get a fan, you got three million followers, but you only got two hundred thousand, yeah. hundred thousand that's engaged. Yeah, so you're yeah. not really, you're not maximizing, you know, the real shit. So you feel yeah, me? So, so true. once I that and learned it. I became way more powerful. Yeah, you know? that's so and true. And 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 being, you know, you said you went through through a lot of bad, uh, I guess, bad business partners and stuff like that. But I think, you know, you had to go to that to to gain that knowledge because now that you have that knowledge, I mean, it works out better. Yeah, it works out better because that, that you already know how to make that money. You, you don't right. have to depend on someone else. The steps to success are not, uh, they are, the steps to success are all broken down, broken down steps. Yeah. It's a step, it's a step that you fail that, that you use as the part of the ladder. Yeah. Everything can be gravy. You feel me? Yeah. So many people want it so gravy. So like, man, you know, they drop a song within three, four, five months. They want to be like QC. They yeah. want to be like Quavo now. And it's like, nigga, you got to put in work. They, they don't know the Hawaiian self with Jay-Z. And let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, what what kept inspiring you? Because, like, I mean, you, you've been through a lot of shit. <laughs> like, what? I mean, you got out of jail, and, 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 and you said, you know, everybody spent your money. You came out with nothing. What, like, what inspired you? Or what did you, what did you have to keep reminding yourself to keep going? Because that, that, that right there is, is, is something. I've always been my own boss. Even nice. though I was getting fucked, I was getting fucked over. I was my own boss in my heart and my mind. Yeah. Nobody told me to go to the studio. Nobody told me to do this. I I started this shit as a kid. Yeah. I bought my fucking first came going to seventh grade when I wanted to fucking compete with LL Cool J. Mm -hmm. So as it goes and goes, every year I found a new a new a new goal, a new competition. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I come out of jail and the nigga that spent all the money, what's my goal? But my goal is to try to get the million dollars back that I lost. Bam, do this. So what's the next goal? The goal is to create independent films in Houston. Okay, well I fall out with the people who I did independent film with. Now it's like 04, 03, what's the next goal? Yeah. Houston, the south side and the north side don't get along. So this goal is, let me find a nigga on the north side that I like his voice, that's how I get slim thug. I'm like, man, that nigga, that's jamming like a motherfucker. Mm. So we do a project together that bring the north and the south together. Yeah. Bam. I got a little flip with me. We we all doing this, bam. What's the next motivation? The next motivation is a fucking attorney comes in. We go to see Steve Rifkin, and we go to see all these people in New York and LA. They talking mm. about a twenty million dollar deal, like cash money, and I don't get none of the. You know they don't sign me. They looking at me like, well, he's part of the SEC. They shit there's more reason. We'll take the new guy, yeah. which is the, uh, the comedian that has the power out. What's my next? What's my next fucking motivation? My next motivation is to catch the niggas that come and pass them mm, up. Damn! Boom, 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 boom! This happened. Yeah. Pimp C died. What's my next motivation? To be the voice of the South. To step yeah. up for what Pimp C can be. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam! This happened. Now, music is going to streaming and everything else. The, the set of the music out is not as, as, as like it used to be. Out the trunk, out the record stores are closed. Mm. What's my motivation? To catch Jay Z. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Keep 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 moving up. Keep moving. Yeah. Up. So let, let me ask, what, what how how does your 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 strategy process work? Like my whole, your your strategy process, like uh, yeah, like is it is it like you in a room saying, you know what, this is what I gotta do. This is what I gotta so do. This time, I couldn't fight the war with my family. Mm. Cause you know I've been with my wife. I've been with my wife twenty years. My son is nineteen. You live a family life. You in this big suburban house and all this shit. Mm. You eat good big steaks and shit every day. I, I'm not gonna have the hunger to catch these other niggas. Yeah. 
So when me and her and this shit is not getting along, you take the house, you take the truck, son, you take the car. I don't want nothing. I just want my peace of mind. Now here I am. Mm. It's just me. Yeah. I have to worry about no casualties of war. Yeah. I can take any motherfucking back. Yeah. That's why Southside's still holding this where it is. That's why the, the fucking, um, the, the anticipation for the new mixtape and the album is through the roof. Yeah. Niggas know. Niggas know. Yeah. Ain't too many about it. Ain't too many fucking with Cedric. If I got to go home every day to hear your know, family, that's why it, it, it gets in the way. It hinders, it hinders my wartime. Mm. Not just me on this long, dusty road. Yeah. With me, my motherfucking microphone, my notebook, and a motherfucking AR-15. Yeah. Can't nothing stop me. Yeah. I got black and brown ride with me. Yeah. You know, you know, now, um, following your story, uh, I kind of, I kind of see you as like the, the big brother in Houston. And I'll tell you why, because, you know, you, you came down to Houston and, 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 and I, I, the reason why I say this is because it shows on South, like still holding on the South side, still holding is because like you made it a point to put everybody else on. Like, right. like you, you didn't say this is my album. This is me. I'm going to, I'm going to be the light. I'm going to do me, me, me. You say, you know what? I, I'm going to keep it simple, but I'm going to make sure I put everybody else on. Even, right. even the, even the veterans, like, like kind of like that, you know, uh, knocking doors down kind of song. You know what I mean? Like that song kind of brought everybody together. And I think, you know, Pimp C did that, you know? Right. Right. And, 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 Go ahead. And, and I think, I think, you know, that, that time when you said that you were at the skating ring or at the club and Pimp C pulled you into his car. And, and <laughs> I, I think that made a big impression on you. Of course. Of I think, course. I think that, I think that's what's what, what, Set you off. Yeah, man, of course. And then I love, I'm an underdog and I love help underdogs. Mm. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking, it's like people hadn't heard me and Slim on really on no song since the the lawyer came in between us. Yeah. People hadn't really heard me and flip on that. People hadn't really heard me and these people on that. So I put all the different people that I thought people would be shocked to hear on the song. Yeah. The same is with um Trilly Pope, who's a great upcoming artist. You know, uh, you know, people I know like, man, he wear bow ties, he dressed like that. Yeah. Wear a cowboy hat and boots, and I love it. You feel me? Yeah. It fit what I was looking for. I like the underdog, so I'm always having underdog. Like the yeah. artists that I'm working with now, um, different artists, man. Like they some of the hottest artists in the city. Yeah. And some of the hottest artists that's coming up. But a year ago, um, six months ago, I would hear niggas and look at people, look at them, and I see the talent in them and hear people and look at them like, nah, because most people want a polished tool. They want something already done. Mm, yeah. They, they don't want they don't want the nigga that's that's in the trenches. Yeah. They really want this they want Megan to stay and that she is. Yeah. They don't want Megan to stay yeah. when she's not that Megan to stay. Yeah. You feel me? They yeah. don't want comedian now when he's Lil Hakeem. Yeah. They don't want Pow Wow when he's little little chubby kid with braids. Yeah. They want Pow Wow when he got the grill and he hot. You feel what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I love to work with him at the beginning. That way it's gonna be more, it's just gonna be a bigger reward. And, and my journey to the top is just gonna take it took longer. Yeah. But it's gonna be so authentic. He did it try to sign me in 95. And the nigga was like, man, man, imagine if you were signed P. Did it. You were yeah. screwed. What the fuck would happen? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing Craig Mankin. I do a Mace You feel yeah, me? Yeah. Hey, no, so Diddy. I'm just saying it had nothing to do with Diddy. It yeah. just had to do with the steps that I'm taking. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Because you could get lost in the sauce chasing somebody else's dream and doing what the fuck that they want. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so uh how come how come Master P never like really got really involved with this with Houston? Like because he I mean, for, I mean, you got to think. Master P, you know, he had, like, Master P said, shout out Master P. Master P owe me a gold flag. Mm -hmm. Master P, let me get my gold flag. He owe me a gold <laughs> flag. He really do. Um, um, Master P was a big, a big independent boss doing what he do. But shit, Houston had the J and, and, and Tony Draven. Yeah. Master P never, never, you know, planted his roots in Houston. Mm. You know, we did business with him, he did music, but he was New Orleans and Captain. Yeah. 
he used to be staying. He had a spot out here. Master P stayed out here. Oh, but really? that was the spot where he was. You feel me? Yeah. Uh, that just kind of how it was. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then, like, Lil Wayne lived here. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Currency lived here. Um, baby, you know, me and Baby, I almost, you know, Baby, you, Baby rode in the car with me and, me and DJ fucking screw. Yeah. In the back seat. Yeah. You feel me? I'm what, 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 what was that? What was that? What was that uh, moment about? Man, because we was cool with him. We fucked with them tough. You feel me? You used to go to the yeah. studio. I remember Lil Wayne and was fucking up on the verse. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably fucked up. I need you at the time. So I was like, say, baby, you want me to go in there and get that shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, nah, calm down. <laughs> but but, but um, I never forget my mama was like, why he got on two watches? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just times, you know. But yeah. we was young and just trying to do our own thing. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Do, 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 you, do you think that, like, you know, Master P, Bird, uh, Birdman, Little Wayne, Diddy, like, they, they were, they felt like they, they had to, like, kind of check in with y'all because y'all kind of, that was the code, like, y'all created the, the Houston culture. Like they felt like they had to kind of get that approval if they wanted to do anything. I, I won't. I won't necessarily say that. Yeah, I, yeah. Because I, I, I can't think for nobody else. Yeah. So I don't want to know their thoughts, but I know one thing: they came here and did business because we had the best sound. Mm. I'm a boom nigga though. You feel? I'm Louisiana. I'm a lot Texas. Most people in Houston are a lot Texas. Have roots in Louisiana. Have in Texas. Yeah. Maybe them. They were working at universe. I mean, at uh, digital sounds. You mm. feel me? Master P came and did business with South by Southwest. Yeah. I mean, South, South, uh, Southwest Wholesale, who we was mm. fucking with. Yeah. You feel me? They did business with these people. They seen what was going on. Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin came down here and we went to the club and seen how people was rocking to the ghetto boy shit. And they was like, how the fuck is these niggas sounding this good? Yeah. He emulated that shit. Yeah. Mike yeah. Dean, Mike Dean mixes for Jay-Z and fucking Kanye. Yeah. You know, Mike Dean started that. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. When, 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 when did when did like things like kind of change when they said, you know what, man? Like we really gotta we really gotta figure out like this money thing because you know when those when those when those record companies are those Diddy cuts you a check, he doesn't tell you, hey, make sure you pay tax on that. Right. You know I mean, every every you know, and 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 I mean, it happened to me too when I when I started off, you know. I was getting paid for, for work that I did, you know, in, in my shop. And I never, I never knew the financial side of the business. Mm-hmm. And so when did, when did that really like? I come from the streets though. Yeah. You're in the streets, you know business. Yeah. Okay. I had, I had an account all my life. All right. All right. Yeah. So I know business. I've been flipping houses. I bought my first, I bought my first big house to flip at fucking 99. Yeah. So who was I paid 160 for it and paid your soda for 240. Nice. But I paid taxes because, you know, I had a good woman and, 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 and shit. She, and I used to see all the stories of all the different rappers who mm. had the tax, you know, you know yeah. the tax. So I paid my taxes like a real nigga would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy who was, at, who was an accountant at, at uh, 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 Chevron or somewhere still. And I met one of my friends that was up there. And he had his own tax service. And shit, that's that's how I stayed on top of my business. Yeah. What what age was that? Oh shit, man! I was like 23, 24. Oh yeah. So you got you got you got you got in, somebody introduced you at a young age. Said, hey, make sure you do this because if not, it'll catch up to you. And and you see a lot of you see a lot of uh, artists get caught up that way. I see the thing is, I I got introduced to it at a young age. Mm. You know, these niggas are getting introduced to it years after they done made three million dollars. Yeah. Man. For me, and it's bad. Yeah. Feel me? Yeah. So that's the difference, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I, I respect that. And you and you came down here with, with, with some education. Like you kinda you kinda like you were focused. Like you were focused and say, you know what, I like, just what I'm gonna do and, and you put your mind to it and you and, and you, you so so let's talk about let's talk about uh Southside still holding. How did that, that come about? Man, uh, <laughs> um I shot up my team. We did, you know, rocking them brought the challenge out there until I wasn't going to do the challenge shit. But the fucking challenge went fucking bananas. But shout yeah. out to Ill Faded. He's the producer of the track. 
Shout out D Green Films. He's D. from Green. Corpus Christi. Yeah, he's from Corpus, yeah. Got the video, you feel me? Yeah. And uh, we met at South by Southwest, man, some years back. And when we met, um, uh, D Green came up to me, you know. He was like, man, you shitted on me when you met me. Yeah. I'm like, man, I didn't shit on you. I just ain't know who the fuck you was, you yeah. feel me? But I met Ill Fader at South by Southwest, too. And um, I always, all, my, all my songs and albums, my brother, mixtapes on albums, there's a theme behind them. Mm-hmm. I go into a Quentin Tarantino mode. I'm Southside Quincy Jones. I build mm-hmm. a, I have a vision behind every album, whether it's a mixtape or album, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when I met Ill Fader, he told me he gave me some beats. And one of the beats was called Southside Still Holding. And when I heard the beat, all I could think about why is the South Side still holding? Yeah. So let me tell you why the South Side still holding. The people names that I mentioned are the real slab guy. Not saying that Powwow is not. I didn't mean it in that way. Powwow is my homie. People had got the tools. These niggas who was fifteen with fifty thousand dollar cars, eighty thousand dollar cars. You know they was buying a Cadillac. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people like the Corey Blunts. You know what I'm saying? The Jimmy Dean, Big J's. There's so many different names. You know, my nigga Funky Mo. There's so many people. Shout out to Nick D. All these people that was old, older than me and doing their thing and spending so much money on these cars and getting so much money in the streets with the people that I was around and as a youngster paying attention to. But none of these people at Screw House ever been like, had homage paid to them. You feel me? Mm. Only people people know from the screw, or the screw tapes in the Screw House is the nigga that rap. Mm, the way true. The way the niggas who rap got there because a nigga who was a boss took you there. Mm. You feel me? You didn't just come in that door talking about you a rap, I'm going to make a tape. Mm. Hell no, nah, nigga. You went with the nigga because the nigga you went with was sitting on $750 cash. Yeah. Or three four hundred thousand dollars And this nigga was riding on these candy paint, this candy paint, these 84s, which gangsters had to ride on, $10,000 rim. If yeah. you was a cupcake, nigga take you off of. This kind of shit we was around. So stop yeah. that shit. I paid homage to those people that came before me mm. that weren't necessarily rappers. Yeah. They're just the people that I idolized as a kid growing up. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I ran with. That was the thing. So now the song is so jamming and so catchy. Me, I didn't reach out to just other artists to do the challenge or put on the remix. Yeah. I wanted the nigga who was who had a nine to five. Who just didn't chase his dream of rapping because he was he fucked around, had three kids, and got married. Yeah. And he had to leave the streets alone because he'd been to the penitentiary. And he yeah. didn't want to risk not seeing his kids no more, but he knew how to rap. He mm. really knew how to freestyle. So I was like, well, nigga, jump on this song. Send me a verse. And I didn't post just the rappers or the famous nigga. I posted mm. it. He might have been a mother that worked at McDonald's. But if her fucking verse was hard, I posted her and put on my platform and showed her some love and they fucking went bananas. <laughs> and it went crazy. After that, I started seeing challenges everywhere. Yeah. People were like, do a challenge for this. I'm like, nigga, I'm not doing no more motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so how, how did that how did that work back then? Like, you know, you said that that the only way you were able to rap is if someone that 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 was that was a that was doing it in the street brought you in. Like did they did they say I'm, I'm gonna pay for your studio time? But I'm gonna no, get. I'm not gonna necessarily say it that way. I mean, like at Screw House, you feel me? Mm. The first studio I went to was an old, old white dude in, in, in Lafayette, right? Mm. All he ever had was Zodico people and mm. rock and jazz and blue. He never had no hip hop niggas there. Mm. My street niggas and us, we paid for that out of our pocket. Now, going to Screw House meant this way you couldn't just go knock on the door at Screw House and say, My name is Stan and I wanna make a tape. Mm. Now, once the screw shop opened, you can go up there and do that. Yeah. But at first it was at his house, personal, private. Mm. If, if you didn't know somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody to introduce oh, you to shit. Yeah. you wouldn't just pop up and go over there. Yeah. So the people who went there, the, 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 the little Kikis, the big pokies, the, these different people, the zeros, and the, so many different people, they went because somebody else was going there already. It may have been a nigga that just cut hair, that was just a nigga that cut good hair in the hood. Yeah. It may be so weed, maybe the nigga yeah. sold drugs. They sell no drugs. That was yeah. fucking. That had a great job at the fucking bank. That yeah. new screw and light screw tape. And he was like, "I'm going to make my tape call uh, Massive Action next Friday. Yeah. I'm gonna go find some good niggas that rap and bring them with me." 
and he go to the hood and find a nigga named Grayson Wood. Yeah. You feel me? And he's like, I'll tell the nigga named Big Mo, hey, Big Mo, I'm going to make me a tape. I want you to come be on my tape. Yeah. I'll lie to Demo. I'll lie to the legendary June 27. Youngster, long drive. Little young nigga that know how to freestyle mm -hmm. in the hood. They like, hey, come come to screw house. Yeah. So now Stan, Stan, Stan is making this screw tape. And he has his tape called Mass Max. And he lets his little cousin named ESG get a verse, a freestyle. Yeah. Now, that freestyle is going to be heard by however many people buy your dub when they come to screw house. Yeah. So when they come to screw house, they're going to say, give me the June 27, give me three in the morning. What's this Mass Max? Oh, that's my boy Stan Tate. He from so-and-so, so-and-so. He from Corpus Christi. Yeah. Oh, let me see what that boy sound like. Now I'm riding around listening to Stan Tate. Stan Tate is jamming. My cousin, they come from Baton Rouge in New York, gets a copy of that tape. The tape goes up mm. there. The tape's in Mississippi. My boy played football for Oklahoma University. He takes the tape. Mother homeboy played basketball at Tulane University. <laughs> he takes New Orleans. Now, all these different regions gets to hear Stan's crew tape. Yeah. And ESG freestyling on a song called Max of Action. All these people hearing my name. That's how I got it. That's how yeah. they, that's how I yeah. so Swain and Banger was on that tape, and I went to the fucking Capitol Beach party. Every fucking car that passed <laughs> by me was playing Swain and Banger. <laughs> so I was youngster. You yeah, yeah. This is better than feeling the fucking radio, riding and hearing your song on the radio feels good. Yeah. Now I will fuck with Diddy now, because Diddy got this watermelon Syrah. Oh. <laughs> hey, Diddy. Come on, man. <laughs> Fuck you did on this ride. We need, we need to get with Diddy on that. Hey, uh, t t tell me about the, the Demo uh, birthday uh, mix. June 27th. Like, yeah, like yeah. How, how, were you on that? No, I was actually incarcerated. Oh, man. Tell me the story behind that. Because I don't think anybody Demo. knows what even that, that is. Yeah, Demo's a great friend of mine. Great friend of mine. And Demo gets so upset when people make the mistake and says, uh, June 27th is school birthday. When it's not mm, yeah, you know it's Demo's birthday. Demo's birthday. So, that's a legendary tape that was made on his birthday. Mm. That went so viral, right? At, at, at the time when it wasn't able to go viral, you feel yeah. me? And so, as years went on, the beat is actually from Chris Cross, Jermaine Dupree produced mm. it. Yeah, and it was a hard ass beat that Pokey, um, uh, Keesey. Youngster, Demo, <laughs> they break the song, right? <laughs> you got to think, at this time, you know how these certain words was created because if Stan doesn't know how to rap and he in there making a screw tape and he rapping like this, it's that boy Stan, man, I'm the man. Yeah, yeah. I'm with a thousand in my hand. Huh. That became a mantra or a cadence for anybody that didn't know how to really rap. Oh, yeah. No matter if you worked at Whataburger, a, a, a Waffle House, and you want to be a rapper, you put on the June 27 beat because everybody tried to emulate what they did. That's true, yeah. It became so big and so crazy, right? Bam. Screw had to die eight by seven, eight years ago after already celebrating that day. We start doing a big tour and a big concert around yeah. June. 20th. Yeah. Because everybody brought out their screw. Like the people who didn't play screw tapes no more. Yeah. Played them on June 27th. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like <laughs> we created though, it became the Mardi Gras. <laughs> the screw tapes Mardi Gras. Think of the Mayo for the new Yeah. Day. Yeah. And, and, you can, and you can tell, like, you can tell it's like a. Like everybody's, it's like one of those big. It's like a, it's a, it's a freestyle where like everybody's just chilling, and they're like, "Oh, give me the mic, I'm gonna throw." Because you you hear that rap when Mo gets on, he's like, "That nigga Mo, oh, like." Nobody knows it. <laughs> hey, so, so, like. Even myself, everybody talks about the Kappa. Tell, tell us, uh, tell, tell us the, the first time you we went to the Kappa. Tell us, tell, tell us some, some, something about the Kappa. We don't even, like, what is a Kappa? Well, the first time I ever went to something like the Kappa, I was a youngster. I went to something called Jack the Rapper mm. in Atlanta around the Freaknik time. So 
you know, and it was just so crazy. So next thing I know, the capital is sort of like our freak nick. You feel me? Mm. So they kind of stopped having the freak nick and, and they was having the capital. And we would go to Galveston. At first it was just like riding on the seawall or riding down uh, Surfside, which is the other beach. You know, just slab line having fun. Mm. The shit started getting out. The shit started getting turned up when niggas start booking venues. Now we got <laughs> concerts. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. We got concerts. We got parties. So the capital became like our freak nigga, our Mardi Gras for Gavis. But is 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 capital like the like a college thing? Like the yeah, it's okay. the capital. The actual capital had they parties there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it was a real capital bitch party by the capitals. Yeah. It just became so massive that you know, by, by the time it ended, I don't even think the fucking capitals. <laughs> the name, the name just stuck with it. Yeah. So it's a new album. I just got a line where I say, "Tell Slim Dog, we need to bring the capital back." Yeah. We really do. You feel what I'm saying? So the capital was just a great mean spot for. That was a spot where you could see all the Houston slams and Houston pretty women at one time. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta, you got to see all the college girls and freaks at one time. So the Capitol, New Orleans, the Mardi Gras, you get to see some titties and bees and all this. Capitol Beach Party, you got to see slabs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it became so crazy. Yeah. That's why South by Southwest got turned into what it is. The first two weeks, Monday through Friday, South by Southwest is regular. Yeah. That fucking Saturday of the hip hop day is when every nigga who can't rap will be there. Mm. That's when everybody who has a mixtape made at home or has a slab, they want to yeah. show it. South by Southwest becomes the Capitol Beach party that uh, lasts. You feel me? Yeah, so yeah. You know, they're trying to bring the Capitol back though. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I mean, I, I know whenever it started being mentioned in, in the raps and stuff, uh, See, see, throw me a verse from the with the with the cap in it. Roll, roll it to the cap with a swing and a dab. That was around the time Swisher House started becoming massive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I used to tell DJ Screw, you know, I'm, I was cool with both sides. Yeah. Because Michael Watts DJed at the radio, so I was a real artist who was really getting radio play. So I knew both sides of the fence. A lot of artists who were just like, not getting radio play, they didn't know who Michael Watts was. They thought he was just some DJ chopping that strong. Mm. But he actually was already a full-fledged DJ too. So at that time, when that shit popped off, Michael Watts used to use the, uh, what you call the CD mixers? You know, when you scratch with the CDs? Uh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, C CDVs or something like that, yeah. Screw would use them. Mm, that's right, yeah. So he used to get mad. She was like, man, I ain't using that shit. But that's how Switch House used to get all the new instrumentals. Mm. I used to be telling screw. Yeah. Man, fucking CDs with the instrumentals. But around that time, that's when Michael Watts was taking off and all that shit was popping. And that's when Slim Thug dropped that head to the cab and all that shit and it just blew up. Mm, you know what? Because that, that's when, because uh, 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 Screw was probably still using the techniques. And then right. Watts came out with those pioneers. Those yeah. pioneers were bad. The screw was still making only cassettes. Okay, okay. Watts well, came in the game making CDs. Mm. Well, because because what wasn't wasn't like that that was Screw's formula because he would he would mix it on the on the vinyl and then on the, on the tape that way he could slow the tempo and like it was a whole little process he had. Right. Because he would mix it regular speed first. Yeah. That's why you had to use the ninety minute tapes because once you slow down, there was so much fucking. You know that's so much <laughs> music. Yeah. So he then he switched over to the. To making the CDs, you know, but by that time, you know, um, watching them had already infested all the other towns because most of the screw tapes were getting passed around and dubbed and passed out just by, yeah. by name, yeah. you know, by, you know, so it is what it is, though. Yeah, people, people will put that little, uh, little paper in the, in the cassette tape so you can record right. it. Over right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, man, um, Man, I'm pretty sure we could we could be here for hours talking about a bunch of different <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm hey, gonna man. be back tomorrow too. I'm gonna have to bring some of my homies with me. Yeah, man, and let's definitely do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna send y'all uh, 
send y'all the link. I'm gonna send y'all a recorded copy so you can put it on your platform and and, sure. and, and and you and you can just let everybody know what you're doing and you send let everybody know where they can find you at. Man, all my social media is ESG World. That's what ESG it is. World. ESG World. Um, you didn't want to send me beats, uh, the umbrella beats at gmail.com. You need to book concerts. Um, hit up my girl Lavish at Lavish Ways. You need any kind of interviews or any kind of business, hit up official Rocky Rocket. And that's what the business is, man. And it's going down. I appreciate you staying, Medina. You Amen. got a lot of that Medina, man. I got <laughs> to come out there and turn up with your covers, my brother. Yeah, man. We're definitely for sure, man. Good talking to you, brother. Later. Appreciate you, my brother. All right. Massive action. Let's get it. Massive action. Let's get it. Southside still holding. <laughs> wow.